0: Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Lee Merritt, once an orthopedic and spinal surgeon, now a professional medical rebel. And my partner in crime here is Courtney Turner from the Courtney Turner podcast. And we're here today uh, on Dangerous Dames. How are you doing, Courtney?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been an interesting... uh, uh, kind of recent speaking of podcasting i mean you're you're really more of a professional at this than i am i mean you were an actress and you've been doing this podcasting thing for a while i i gotta say the the big talk of C- tucker carlson and putin i i think we have to cover that because the the um i mean first of all you had it was when everybody else went over there and people forget that other journalists from america oh, yeah. gone over and introduced putin and, and that was, it was always, he was always a journalist Then now it's, now it's, you're a treasonous, uh, you know, bastard. If you went over when Tucker Carlson went over, they called it treason. Well, you know, why is that? And, and I, I'm, I mean, I'll give you, I I got to give you my, I'm the kind of, I'm not going to say that duty expert, but I've been following this for a very long time, long before, uh, you know, I was really not long before the Ukrainian conflict. I'll just say, sure. because, um, Just as it happens, I've just I studied Russian in college because I was a math major and I thought that was the language of mathematics. So I say Russian. And it turns out I just fell in love with Russian literature and Russian history. So I had a background into it going into it. But but then uh, I have to say the next thing that happened to me is uh, I was president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And I got interested in the history of medicine and government run healthcare and the Soviet Union was the perfect example of why you do not want government run healthcare. I mean, right. at the time, this was in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And here we were building, you know, MRIs all over the country and all this new technology. And literally at that time, I think this was number is actually 1997, um, that 50 percent of the of the Soviet hospitals at that time had uh, no hot water. And 30% had no running water at all. Wow. No, and, and this is not just third-hand knowledge. Um, uh, and on sorts, sadly, he passed away not too long ago. But Yuri Maltsev was an economic advisor for Gorbachev. And he, became an, he defected in 91 to America. I think it was 91. 90 or 91. He, just before the wall fell, he defected. And he became a, um, a, a professor of economics at, in, right. uh, in Wisconsin. Fabulous guy. I mean, just a really, really neat guy and a funny guy. And and one of his funny quips he used to say is he says, You know, uh, you walking, watching, because he was watching the fall of America, you know, from the inside now. And he says, You Americans, you have to get this right because I can't afford to defect again that was his that was his I can't do his good Russian accent but anyway but one of the but he would talk about it. he said oh yeah you know you're going on a, in a Soviet hospital and there'd be dead cats lying in a hallway I mean it was awful wow and, and people you know so there were lots of it wasn't just propaganda it, this this was sure. real it wasn't it wasn't our propaganda this was really true and it was a nightmare but that's not the world of today and no. I just to say You know, it's funny because I'm a I'm a veteran and I got my little ribbon from the Navy for helping to win the Cold War, which I just I just think that's so funny now. I feel like putting it up on my background here somewhere. Yeah, Um, but you know, this is my friends that are former military. A lot of them, uh, you know, they're still fighting the Cold War. They still think this is 1990, you know, or 84, and it's not. I mean, this is not the Bolsheviks. The Bolsheviks weren't Russians. These are not. This is not what's happening. And um, and yeah. Putin's not a dictator. He's not Stalin, as much as you no. they they painted it that way in the news. Yeah. So I think that's why people, pe- a lot of people are saying that the interview with Putin was kind of, uh, you know, that wasn't as dramatic as they thought it was going to be. But honestly, I think it was really well done for the fact that Putin laid out very, very. I mean, he, he didn't come across making a lot of claims. That would have been true, but a lot of statements that m- many people couldn't have understood. I mean, they would not have believed him if he'd said, for example, that you know, uh, that you know, they have underground har- organ harvesting tunnels <laughs> in Ukraine, harvesting the Ukrainian soldiers. I mean, it, you know, um, right. even some of the stuff I know he knows about the bioweapons labs or about Chernobyl. I know they know right. it. The Russians have got this data. That you know, they if they'd come out with that. People would have said, oh, come on, this is just more Russian propaganda. We're not going to believe it. But it's war propaganda, right? But what he did, painted, and you've got to give him credit. I mean, who think about Biden trying to do this. Even in his heyday when he was a full-fledged senator, do you think our President Biden could have given an hour lecture on history, on anything in that detail? I mean, that was pretty darn impressive. So here he goes. He starts in 850 AD and works forward from the foundation, basically the early Rus, the foundation. And Kiev, by the way, was the mother. They, I can't remember the famous author said this, that Kiev was the, is the mother of all Russian cities. So it was the cardinal city of the old, of the ancient Rus. And so that, that, that history from 850 AD to present, and he did it, you know, without notes.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was seamless. Uh, You know, I mean, I did, I have an interesting kind of, so initially, I wasn't planning to watch it. I mean, I just felt like this was going to be... So I'm glad that you kind of, you know, insisted that I do. Because it it. Was... Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very edifying. And I actually ended up very much changing uh, my position. My 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 feeling really now is just a, a one of curiosity. I mean, and also I feel a little bit uh, more doomed than I did before, honestly, about our current state of where we are in the West. Right. Um, You know, he really brought a lot of that to the surface. And in a way that I think for anybody who is genuinely listening, uh, kind of bursts a bubble that, you know, because we've been very much lied to about our status in the world and uh, how the world views us and our world standing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of realities that I think as Americans, we need to contend with. And, you know, when you talk about propaganda, you know, he certainly now... Bear in mind, I, he was former KGB. He is a very smart man. I think he was very strategic in how he handled it. I wish we had a leader that was as strategic. Right. As as yeah. I mean, he handled it beautifully for for, for his purpose, for where he stands. So I, I think the one thing that just to put my viewpoint out in the open, you know, I I think he is a phenomenal leader for Russia that doesn't necessarily... And I think, you know, some of the values he's representing, I support. That does not make him necessarily our ally. I think people need to be aware of that and not conflate the two. You know, the enemy of my enemy doesn't always mean my friend. I think it is a more complex world and the geopolitical dynamics are much more complex than people want to realize. And I think the reason they don't realize it, some of it's willful ignorance, I think, in part, it's because most people aren't taught history. So just as you pointed yes. out, our own president, you know, could not even in his heyday, you know, of course, not now, but even in his heyday could not list off our American and our our history is much shorter, obviously. Uh, because you know we're a much uh, newer country, but they, he couldn't rattle off the details no. and the you know with the, without notes and seamlessly and and in context too. I mean that was something that people right, did. That well. was the point, and that that's something that I think uh, you know did not reflect well on Tucker. Honestly, now to be fair, Tucker is not a world leader; he's a journalist, and you know people need to recognize the context of that as well. You know he's asking questions. This is not his. He he's not one of the. He's a a smaller pawn on the chessboard, if you will. Right. <laughs>
0: um, so, but and, and in all fairness, Tucker generally is well prepared for his mm-hmm. his audience and and for the person he's interviewing. But sure. he is he's used to a thirty second to one minute soundbite. I know. He was not prepared. You know, I don't think when when Putin asked him, now, do you want this to be a show or do you want this to be at the very first? He said, is this a show or do you really want an explanation of what's going on? And he said, no, Tucker, of course, is going to say, I really want an explanation because he's, but he expected a, you know, A very short explanation based on some things that were very obvious and that's not what he got he got a historical context dissertation and he he clearly didn't understand even the recent history i was kind of shocked at some of the questions one of the questions he asked about and he asked putin was saying something about um i think yanukovych or something even preceding him and then and then and then uh, uh tucker said "Well, was that in 2014 i thought Really, Tucker. No, you should know your yeah. you should understand the history of the, of the, the recent the history of which you were pre- Ukraine. present. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah. didn't really quite have that. But again, in all fairness, he's not used to having anybody talk to him about history. He's used
1: now and, well, and that especially is, not Eastern history. I mean, this right. isn't American history. Right. This is, you know, the and we're often being told and certainly now i mean you have to put it in context of uh, it's interesting that the two kind of intelligence uh, connections right I, he was former kgb i do think that his litany of the history it initially was intended to be a deflection to some extent i think he wanted to come in because think about it like you know if you're if you're just answering questions you're much more now to be fair he was actually pretty open and forthright and forthcoming with with his answers and his responses i thought he handled it very well so I don't think he, he was
0: trying to. I don't think he was doing a what. What do you call it when you when you? I don't think he was filibustering. I think this I don't is know that way- it was a
1: filibuster, but I think in to some degree it was a deflection because at least you hold the stage. So if you come in with a very long presentation, you're commanding kind of the direction of the well, conversation. Yeah, and so I think that that was. You know, he obviously came prepared with that, so he knew that that's where he wanted to direct things. So I, I think that was strategic. I think it was intentional. Um, but you know, I think is but just it, my what my point in bringing up the intelligence connection was also, of course, you know, uh, Tucker's father being CIA, of course, Tucker wanting to have applied for the CIA, and I, I think we'd all be very foolish and ignorant, and of course, uh, Putin pointed this out to think that the media doesn't have some levers of control over uh, Tucker um, and that he's not serving a specific role uh, for the media, and I, I think absolutely he is, but. What was revealed in it was very, very interesting to me. I mean, and I think this is probably the case for a lot of Americans who, as I, I said, who, who actually listened, um, because I think a lot of people either didn't watch, watch the sound bites, or are so filtering, so much filtering through their own biases that they're not able to really uh, sit back and take in what was really, this was quite an epic interview, honestly. And mm-hmm. I think it was actually a very seminal interview there. I think there was a lot of strategy behind it. Um, You know, I, I, again, I, I'm going to repeat myself, but I think that Putin handled the strategy. He was much more strategic in it uh, than Tucker was. Um, But I, some of the things that were just revealed were just the, the state of where the West is. and And I think, you know, this is not to fault Tucker for this, but have, it. he's seeing things through a CIA lens. And right, I think some it? of some of that's been pierced recently, I think, you know, a little bit, but, and this is again, not to fault Tucker, I'm not putting blame on him, but that the lens is kind of that the West is in control, the West is in dominance. And uh, that, you know, there's, he, he, I think he, I think some of that really, really was pierced through this interview, and uh, for anybody, uh, you know, in the West, who really thought, even when, uh, you know, he points out the levers of control, like he's saying that, you know, oh, uh, he, we don't make the the electorate does not control what actually happened; they don't make the decision. And Tucker tried to get it out of him, like, who? Well, who does? Who's make who's deciding what's actually uh what policies are being executed. And you know, he didn't say it, but he said it in other interviews. And of course he's really referring to the trilaterals, the CFR, you know, the Anglo the British establishment. Yeah, the deep state. Um
0: and, Yeah. And and you know, um the deep states in all countries, including still in Russia. I mean, it's not like the, they've completely expunged their problems too, but they've they've been this is the one thing I think that And I think that our to back up. I think our problem is that we've been in you know that show. um, Oh, it's a movie,
1: not Uh, the German show.
0: No, it's about it's about uh, uh, it's like it's like uh, what's gosh? It means it means kind of being stupid. It's like uh, it's a it's a California movie about. uh, I'll think of it anyway. The (laughs) point is is that we have been dumbed down, and specifically, we've been dumbed down about. Anything to do with Russia, you know, yeah. and and that blackout, unless you knew how to bypass that kind of blackout on the information about what was really going on in the world outside America, it's yep. profound. And every time you turn around, you can find if people know how to now, now that we have other alternative media and you can start watching news yep. on other from other countries, you find out how little yes, idiocracy. Thank you. Yeah, I just couldn't get up of the word. We've been living in an idiocracy, but it's but it's yeah. somewhat focused. In other words, there's some things they tell us about, but there's some really obvious, glaring blackouts. And Russia's one of them. And you have to when they're when they're completely covering up and lying and and making all these uh, sound bites to make you hate somebody. Right. You got to just say, what's it all about? That's my I, I guess that's the point I was trying to make.
1: Yeah, and I would agree, and I think uh, you know, in terms of that, there there are two things I want to address. One's yes, of course, Russia has a deep state as well, but I I was actually really referring more strategically to the you know people like Brzezinski talk about this how they were going to oh, pit yeah. the east and the west against each other, and uh you know for the United States we're not even that much controlled by our own. It's a lot of the this uh you know the Five Eyes, the Anglo-British establishment, right, Somebody and it's the same deep about- state.
0: Yeah, I don't, exactly. I will find it's the same deep state that, that is in China. You know, we mm-hmm. hear, and I can't prove this one, but the story is that it's the Rockefeller children, the children of of uh, David Rockefeller that have been running the, the Communist Party essentially in China, and that these old families are now rising up to take back their country from the communist party. Now, I that would make a lot of sense. And it's yeah. a lot of it's the it's the Bolsheviks, it's the communist, it's the it's the Maoists, it's a bunch of people around the world that took over. Western civilization and more. I mean, there's a deep state that runs throughout the world. And I think the one thing about Russia, in a way, they kind of had an advanced opportunity because as the Soviet Union collapsed and they made deals with the West, and Putin talked about this at the interview, Mm -hmm. thinking that they would be accepted into this company of nations into the into the worldwide and they found out no that the that the english british establishment and american establishment wanted nothing to do with them and wanted to keep them as the 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 demon in the freezer essentially to you know hate so we could have an enemy when he realized that they had you know putin spent the 20 years trying to recover from that 65 70 years of bolshevism that Mm -hmm. ran the country into the ground and um, and that's a lot of stuff we've heard. Like, one here's an example. One of the things, you know, that people always bring up, oh, Putin's a thug. He had those those rich guys murdered rather than, you know. Well, that's not the whole story. You know, the story was that those rich oligarchs that went that were over there, they became rich oligarchs because our CIA and and the and as you said, it's really the CIA Mossad MI6, I would say eyes, yeah. it's the intelligence services. They uh, they weaponized NGOs to go over to the, uh, the the recently fallen apart Soviet Union and to pick its bones clean, and they did it by 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 tri- allow getting the power, of the big corporate structures of the old Soviet Union to be transferred to a few people they could control. Mm-hmm. And you know, Putin tried. Re- I actually remember this in real time when he tried to work with them, and he uh, he he you know, he, some of them would, he would work with and the ones that were recalcitrant and that were continuing to to, to fleece the, fleece the Russian people. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them had to go bye-bye and that's how they did the clean out. And honestly, you know uh, it's tough, but that's, you got to remember that the, the Bolsheviks, when they came in, killed millions and millions of, yeah. of Russians. So yeah. th- th- this is a different kind of war, but it doesn't mean there aren't casualties. And so I think that they have come out of that over the last 20 years. Well, now 30 years, and they've yeah. they've recovered from the Bolshevik era, and then they've recovered from the uh post-Bolshevik, you know, uh raping era, where the West went in and really tried to to dismantle them more and, and take their resources because Russia's got huge resources, but now yeah. they're coming out of it. And they and we don't we don't realize how actually well off they're doing now. The, and,
1: well, that was the very interesting uh, part. I think uh, 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 it's this part that really stood out to me for the whole interview when they were talking about, you know, the uh, he made the, the claim, like, I think, uh, you know, America really fears a strong Russia. And then, of course, uh, Tucker tried to direct it towards China. And when you're talking about creating an enemy, and I think uh, there is a you know you were you were saying how like the same people control and i i couldn't find it but there yes there are uh anglo-british ties that were uh you know controlling the ccp and that there are historical documentation of that i couldn't find it right now but um but i think that they you know they do try and create these boogeymen to create dialectical poles so that the east and the west are fighting each other and uh, the, the, Putin even said, that, I've heard this boogeyman story, like China is the boogeyman. And he said, we don't see it that way because they share a border. And he said, you know, they, they share a very long border. And uh, of course, you know, they've had to create uh, amicable relations with China. But it was very, in it, it, some ways, I mean, it's just reality, but in some ways it's concerning because I think Americans live very much in this delusional state of that, you know, we, we're flourishing. We, we, we are the power of the world. And the reality is the dollar is declining. Um, and in many ways America has fallen much far below what the projection is. And, you know, that's what he was illustrating when he was talking about the economy of Russia, when he's talking about the economy of China and, uh, what the state of, yeah, where they are.
0: Yeah. And, you know, even, even just things that, I mean, when you're talking about the, uh, the military. We always think we are the strongest, biggest, best military in the world, and mm-hmm. I don't want to demean our military. I think we have very, very fine people sure. in the military, and and you know, but but um, <laughs> we've 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 actually degraded in the last I don't know how many years of um, man. It, you know, military is not just the guys on the ground; it's the management.
1: Right. It's your it's
0: your and and, you know, you cannot look at what's been happening in the world today and think that our military has been managed well. Uh, look at the the arms. First of all, not just in the well, kind of the arms race, but it's not the arms race. We grew up with the nuclear arms race. Now it's just the the uh, battlefield munitions arms race. And the, and and whereas we have the Ukrainian war has fleeced. Uh, you know, armaments from all the NATO countries, including the United States. I yeah. mean, our 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 ability to uh, give anybody any uh, weapons is, is way down versus the Russians whose production has gone up more and more and more. And it didn't hurt that uh, the NATO countries wanted to make sanctions against Russia, which then caused them to lose their own gas supply line yeah. <laughs> so Russia's fine. They're they they're independent, you know.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, I he just had up the clip about uh how they're they're basically creating uh they're laying the groundwork so that they can impeach uh Trump if he doesn't uh if he terminates the funding for the Ukraine war. And uh, that that's very interesting because that's that was part of Tucker's. Yeah, now see, isn't
0: that interesting? So what you know, there's a lot of theories, and we won't get into that today necessarily, but about what the what the who's running the real reason we're running this this Ukraine war because it's clearly being run by NATO. Zelensky didn't do this; he's just a puppet. But it's and it preceded him. the The point being, though, that um, it. it we're in this country have been led astray so badly about, you know, that, again, it's, they, they painted it as this black and white. Oh, Ukraine, we have to save that poor little country from these bad old Russians. It's always the bad old Russia, that big country stepping on it. And that's why I think he had the great historical review to point out that right. this is this is an artifact. Again, what we've been saying on our shows all the time, it's an artificially created dialectic. They've created, they literally created, and this is post-World War II, the Dulles Brothers CIA, the remnants of the Nazi Galen Org that moved into Ukraine to Mm -hmm. set up an organization so they could constantly go against against the Russians and the Soviets in those days. And it's just been there ever since, uh, you know, throwing stones across the border, essentially. And at some point, that, that, that gets old. It would get old if it were us. I'll tell you the other one. If you you know, remember remember this been a long time ago now. But this whole thing about Yevgeny Prigozhin, who's the who was the head of the Wagner Group, and he was the guy that you know they they wanted to make a big deal about. Oh, it's this coup in Russia. No, it wasn't. But in any case, the Wagner Group were the they used them as the stormtrooper guys to go in mm-hmm. the ground troops to go in and take Bakhmut, which was a major apparently tactical area that they needed to take. And those guys lost twenty thousand men going in and doing that. But yeah. they did it. And, um, but subsequently, you know, before that, what, what was the Wagner group doing? One of the things they were doing is they had, and I can't remember how many prigozhin said they had, but I, I want to say it was like 10,000, maybe 5,000 guys. Mm-hmm. And they had stabilized central Africa because one of the, one of the hidden, you know, in this great game, as the British used to call it of world politics and war, mm-hmm. you know, the, the game we never really pay attention to is what's been going on with resources and countries in Africa and how the big nations have been playing in there. Yep. And and we always think, yeah, we always think we're the good guys, but there's a meme out there saying, wait a minute, you mean now we're the bad guys, but, it's, uh, but yeah. it's true. Sadly, here's the story. In my opinion, what's been going on for a very long time that we weren't paying attention to in Africa, the British, yeah. us, uh, you know, the French, the Belgium, you name it, all of, all of what is now NATO, we've been going into Africa for a very long time and and we have been going in and exploiting these African countries for their minerals Mm -hmm. at the same time stirring up shit. So there's always a war going on because it's easier to then exploit them for their minerals. When you keep everybody in chaos Yep. now, Everybody wants to say, oh, the Wagner guys are a bunch of bunch of mercenaries and they're all bad. But we all we all have them. Everybody has their mercenaries because they realize they're actually very functional. But the Wagner group has actually gone in there in the Central African Republic, for example, and into other places in the past. And what they do is just stop the warlords from terrorizing the country. They, they, they're they the they're the biggest dog on the block. And they go in with a. a, a the idea of stabilizing things. And they, and I'm not saying they're choir boys, but they go in and stabilize what you had as a a terrible situation going on in the country so that people then could exploit their minerals. And then the Russians go in and make deals with them, make fairer deals than we did. And I think that's the basis of the bricks. That's what we're seeing as a world realignment. They're even, I, I think they're doing a better job. You know, China tried it, but they tried to, they ended up trying to cheat them on this, you know, brick and road, the what they called it, you know, the, that plan. And they ended up giving him big debts. But the Russians don't seem to be doing that. You now, if I'm wrong about that, somebody correct me, but it seems to me what I see, yeah, there's Perigosian. I I still hope he's not dead. I can't believe he would be stupid enough to get into a plane, announce his, with his number one guy, uh, you know, that was his his side, his number one person uh, in charge of the organization. They get into a plane, they announce their, their where they're going and when they're leaving, come on, when he knew he was a target. No, 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 no. But no. they would, they pr- 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 theoretically were going to Africa. So I hope he shows yeah. up in Africa. He's a man of many disguises. But, <laughs> anything, you know, I, I mean, I think we have to look at ourselves and say, why did we have a, and, and our, what we did with the dollar around the world, you know, well, the, versus the BRICS monopolar world? Why is well, everybody think, so interested in joining BRICS?
1: I think that was a really interesting You You were addressing this before, but I think that was a really interesting point as well because Putin kept kind of, uh, making it he and i think this again was very strategic because most americans have not uh this isn't the information they've been fed they're not looking at it through this lens and he was kind of trying to get and i think he was also speaking to even people uh in the east who normally would not watch him who are you know not favorable to russia and he when he was saying how uh, the sanctions that you were talking about that, that we placed, And of course, this is economic warfare. I mean, there's nothing, you know, right. it's not a, uh, it's not unusual and it's an, it's not very confusing or, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of questions about why that was done. But I think that what he was trying to throw back was how it was hurting the American people. And that the, a lot of these, uh, Right. And that that's something I think most people don't think about is how, because I think a lot of people uh, in this country, and I think arguably throughout the West, are, are looking at the, you know, the bricks and the, the Chinese because we keep hearing this narrative that they're the boogeyman. And I'm not advocating for, you know, the yon taking over, and I'm not advocating for the digital, you but, know, central cur- digital currency that's right. pushing forth. But, you know, there is something to be said for when you create this uh you know it's an aggression policy these sanctions so they're going to try and figure out a way to navigate without working with us whereas if you for if you create policies that force them to need to work with us in a way that's symbiotic um then we 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 wouldn't be cut out and i think now it's being forced we're being forced into an us versus them situation that's kind of what he was trying to illustrate
0: Right. And you know, that's you know, post World War II we managed to get the the uh the dollar, you know, it took a while. I mean at first mm-hmm. it was the pound, but then it was the dollar, became the 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 dominant um you know economic weapon, and it was weaponized because we 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 dollar we made it the petrodollar and we did yeah. that by offering Saudi Arabia and those countries protection. But right. look at what's just happened. Saudi Arabia just went with bricks. I know. So they see that, they're prote- that, that we haven't given people protection. What we've done is we've, we've, we've built bases. Have you seen that map that shows, it shows Iran? And then it shows how, and, the, and it's a meme. It has, it's a, an Iran meme. And it has, it has that, you know, Iran is really being aggressive, trying to, uh, you know, take over the world kind of thing. And then they show yeah. Iran, but they have all our uh, U.S. flags where all our bases are surrounding that country. I mean, it's really impressive when you actually look at how many bases we have surrounding yeah. Iran, and and that's that's what's going on is we've been we've been using muscle and mm-hmm. and our military threats, and I don't think it was just and I don't think it was always the, our people at the top even pushing it. This was the worldwide cabal kind of using yeah. us as the military arm of their so. of their strategy, their world strategy, but. We were it. And nonetheless, and I think we have to face that reality that we went in and we're seen as the guy with the big stick and the bribe. Mm -hmm. and these BRICS countries are getting together saying, no, we don't want to be dependent on one guy with a big stick and and, and bribery. We want to be able to do free exchange of goods and services. And what's wrong with that? And how's that being painted? This tells you the whole story. How's that being painted in the United States? It's being painted like, oh, those darn, uh, you know those darn bricks, people. The Russians are just out to crash the dollar. <laughs> well, it wouldn't crash if you'd play nice in the sandbox, right? You know?
1: And this, this is not. I, I just want to make it clear from my perspective, that at uh, my vantage point, I'm not advocating bricks. I'm not advocating that the on be. No. You know, but I, I think the point that people need to take away is exactly what you're saying. It's about the strategy, and what we've been now put in this. Uh, you know. Dichotomists, kind of us, them. You know, I don't know how better way to say it. So we're going to be locked out of that, and right. they—they're trying to create a free trade system. Um, but again, I I, this—it doesn't serve us. So it's not—it's no, not that I'm advocating
0: dropping bombs on everybody. Doesn't serve us. No, we—we we have work. a habit of doing that. I hate to say it, but we are—we have not always. I'm not saying this is not us before maybe World War II. I'm not saying that, but yeah. in the recent years, we've gotten into that habit and it doesn't go over well and there's yeah. got to be another way and I think yeah there's yeah yeah look how close they put their country to our military bases yeah. and, and then see and then we pictured like Iran wants war but think about what would we do if the Iranians had bases like that around America right you see Russia doesn't have bases like that around America China doesn't have bases now we can argue the Chinese are infiltrating people through the southern border that might be true okay mm-hmm. I think that is true. Mm -hmm. And that that there's, again, is it China? Is China monolithic or they have a deep state problem, too? There's there's things afoot here. We're still in a big, big conflict of the deep state of the world versus the countries that they're embedded in. But yes, we may be winning that. I think we are winning that. But nonetheless, my point is, is that we blame everybody else for what we are exactly doing. And there's a term for that, and you know, it's black propaganda.
1: I was just going to say, I think that that's the biggest uh, thing that we're up against is really the propaganda. And, you know, when you talk about like we need to take some ownership or at least acknowledge that we've been, you know, going that we have a habit of going around bombing or setting up these uh, militarized bases. And I, I think but we've been propagandized to justify it. And I I, I don't fault the people because people don't know any better. I mean, we don't, we, so much has been withheld from us. And there was this, uh, it was a German journalist who actually died shortly after he talked about it, but he wrote a whole book about how the CIA controls even the German
0: media. I love that guy. His name started with an O, like, uh. Well, his
1: last name is Udo, I think. U-D-O, I think, yeah.
0: O-E-U something. Okay. Yeah, it's a weird name. But anyway, yeah. And he said, in fact, he said, he quit because he couldn't stand, he couldn't take yep. it anymore that the German intelligence agency would hand him scripts to read. Yep.
1: And it was coming from the CIA. Yeah. German and a and riot, I'm sure huh?
0: it was coming from, you know, they're just all you know. the same thing that the intelligence services are all together with a, just different yes. names to, to exactly. throw us off. But yeah. Yeah. No, that is definitely. exactly what's been going on. And so, you know, I, I can remember when, when we had, um, uh, uh, oh, what was it called to, um, it's the Free Europe Radio, Free Europe, right? Okay. And then we had uh, Golis Ameriki, the Voice of America, and that was what the in that Russian Tucker Smolder
1: was working with the CIA. In right, voice right. America. We had Golis
0: Ameriki to send to send Russian speaking programs about America and about the free world into into the Soviet Union. And in mm-hmm. those days, actually, I thought we were doing good things. I thought we were expressing Mm -hmm. the the principles of freedom and democracy we used to have to listen to them in in russian class you know Mm -hmm. but you know once you once you have government sending out messages in other languages you can see where this goes the intelligence services in in the age of nsa and the intelligence services and computers that that can become a a, a tool of the intelligence agencies and that's what i think it became
1: and so now now it's not
0: what we thought it was
1: no, and I mean you could argue even at the time how much of it was a, uh, you know how much the, the waters were muddied even back then. Right. I, mean, I think
0: yeah, I think so much. 1958 was a nice time, but maybe it wasn't as rosy as we thought. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, I don't think. I mean, wasn't the CIA created in 1948? I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: No, it was right after. I mean, it was it was and the OSS and then the yeah. Dallas brothers. With with the CIA to to just be clear, and this has to do now. I can't remember if he brought this out, but this is the actual how the how we got into uh, Western Ukraine to become part of this whole mess mm-hmm. is that the Dulles brothers in the OSS got with General Galen, who was one of the two generals not tied in absentia, and he was the Galen organ. He was the guy who who had the Soviet spy ring. During World War Two, he was a German general that ran that ring of spies in the Soviet Union. And so he offered them to uh, to the Dulles brothers who were setting up the CIA. And he said, "Uh, you can have it, but I have to I have to at least behind the scenes run it. And that's what they did. And they ran it out and they and they moved and a bunch of people moved into Western Ukraine and stayed there. And they'd been running things out of there for a long time. So that's, you know, just to be clear, that's what's been going on.
1: And let's not forget, I I know I I brought it up, but apparently a lot of people aren't talking about it, so it bears repeating, but, you know, the Boston Global Forum, uh, sorry, the Boston Global Forum, in conjunction with the UN 100, and they're doing their symposium on rebuilding Ukraine and making Ukraine the hub of the AI World Society. Yeah, I can't help but think that that's relevant here. I mean, I I can't
0: It's weird, and I don't know how to put it in context about which came first, the chicken or the egg? But, you know, that one, if if that came first, that makes this even creepier than I thought because – you know i, I clearly there's de-slavifying i mean when i say when i when i blame ukraine i'm blaming the pseudo the dark state overlay on ukraine i'm not saying right. the ukrainian people are all of into course. this Same because with the american women, people right it's not we're not ones going out dropping bombs. Right, we're not the ones and, they, and neither are the ukraine, ukrainian women they're all become widows or the yeah. dead ukrainian men that they've that they've now even there i think who was it it was a ukrainian um general or somebody that just retired and think that said the numbers that they're telling you are not right. We've lost a million men. I mean they're not not all dead, but they're dead or disabled. The, there is no young Slavic Ukrainian men anymore. There it's wow. and women can't find them to, to marry. It's that bad. So yeah. it's uh it's yeah. a so they've they've emptied out Ukraine of the guys that would defend it for their own homeland. Yeah. So you yeah. might be right. And I mean I think you are right. I just don't know. It's just so creepy. I can't figure out how to think about it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know the direct path or like, right. you know, did they have that vision first or that? I don't know, but I, I think it's very much relevant that they're making that the hub of what they essentially want to be. Uh, You know, they they keep talking about a one world religion, a one world centralized governing body. And it looks like they're creating an AI world society as an AI God, Uh, you know, or cyber Satan, depending on how you look at it, you know, and, uh, and, uh, there's all these UN ties and World Economic Forum ties to uh, Ukraine. So it just seems like they're trying to make that the hub. Now, I don't know, again, I, I can't tell you which came first, but I think that it's definitely related. Uh, the fact that they want to keep sending all this money to Ukraine, to be, and now they're creating this narrative that we have to rebuild the decimated Ukraine. And that's very much what they're doing with all these other um, you know, cities that... Happened to be marked as 15 minute cities, right? I don't think it's a coincidence that Gaza is a 15 minute city. I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, Lahaina was marked wow. as a 15 minute city, right? I think yeah. Palestine, East Palestine, too, was designated as well. Um, yeah, I, I think could be so. wrong on that, but I think so. Yeah, right. So it's, it's a little too many coincidences, and I, I don't they're very strategic. I don't think that they're coincidences. I
0: no, could be wrong. I mean this is off the subject, but you mentioned East Palestine. And I just thinking about this laying in bed last night, isn't it interesting how you know we're all caught up now in this Ukraine Russia thing? Like this yeah. is the biggest thing in the world. But what were mm-hmm. we all caught up with a year? It was a year ago, the yeah. East Palestine thing, like it was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, see right. how the you know that they, they they come and they go, and mm-hmm. they come and they go. Now there are some themes here. This is a longer term thing that's been happening in Ukraine yeah. and Russia, but these crises oh, you yeah. we think nothing is going to ever change and yet it and and, th- and i i took some heat because i spoke out right away and said that's a false narrative that train wreck and this right. chemical you, yeah, I remember. Not gonna, remember remember that it's not gonna it's not gonna <laughs> the chemical nightmare that you think they're lying right. to you and what do you hear now do you hear any other and all these trains derailing do you hear anything about the chemicals in no. there again no. that just didn't do whatever the deep state wanted it to do and so now it's forgotten yep Which tells us what our news is about, and I would just say our news—the reason we're in this blackout—to summarize, I guess the Putin, Tucker Carlson interview to some degree—we're in this new. The reason it was so, you know, kind of a jarring moment is that we weren't doing it all the time. That we're not communicating with people around the world in an honest way, and our news, our our news is completely at fault here. Our, our our news has been captured. Our news has been captured. I mean, it's a CIA operation. That's exactly it. And once we get that through everybody's head, they'll realize you cannot trust a thing they're saying. They lied not- about everything that I can think about in the last few years.
1: Yeah, and it's not just the news that we get. I mean, this is that I think that was what was kind of really profound that was revealed is that this is throughout the entire West and to some degree the East as well. You know, they're, they're it's being very much controlled, and and it's a propaganda machine, and they they're they're pitting us against each other without actually understanding the history. Now, I don't think you know the fact. That I this is something I was really wrestling with because the fact that this was such a um you know a explosive type of uh, like so many people saw it, they don't and we be be naive. I think to think that uh, somehow. Uh, Putin, who's a former KGB agent, and Tucker, you know, with his CIA aspirations and his father having been part of the CIA. But even if we leave the CIA out and we just, you know, acknowledge that he was working for the mainstream media, I mean, Fox News is pretty main, is about as mainstream as you can get. And to think that they, you know, somehow are rogue and in putting this information forward, I, I think that would be a slightly naive, uh, you know, take. I I think so. My question is, why now? Why is this being allowed to be put forward? You know, and then even even if we just think about like the 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 channels that it's been able to go viral, right, that it wasn't just heavily censored. Um, I I don't know. I I question. So what? Why now? Why? What is it that they want us to look at? What did they not want us to see? What are we being distracted from Right. I mean,
0: maybe it's another distraction, but maybe the real truth here, because I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't because of Putin and Russians that they couldn't get this word out. I used to read this stuff on RT. That's why I Mm -hmm. knew this. I knew the history, you know, RT, but they censored RT in our country. Yeah. On my telegram, I couldn't get RT either in English or in Russian. I know. And and that was not true two years ago. You could get it then. When COVID first came out, I started reading what I thought when I couldn't figure out what was going on. I read the Russian bioweaponeers or the people I thought were connected over there. And I got, I just read, I went through RT. I went through some other sources and I found some guys and I started reading their stuff. You couldn't get that here. So, so I... I have to say, I think maybe the reason it's coming out now and I'm just not, and this could be hopium, but I think it's, I think it's not. I think the reason it's coming out now is this whole control Mm -hmm. deep, you know, what I call the Babylonian mafia system, whatever we want to call it. This whole umbrella of control is falling apart. And there are people, and maybe Tucker's one of them. I don't know who Tucker really is. I'm not going to yeah. side on that one way or another. He seems like a nice guy, and he does sure. better journalism than 99.9% of the rest mm-hmm. of them. But uh, is he just there because he doesn't want to hang with the rest of them? That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is the thing. As as systems, as look at what not, we have the perfect example in World War II. As Nazi Germany started to fall apart, what happened? Well, a bunch mm-hmm. of the Nazis fled, but a bunch of them just tried to be you know, more acceptable and kind yeah. of hoping everybody will forget their Nazi past. And one of them became the, the, the later premier of Germany or the, or the, you know, chancellor of West Germany, for example. Right. I mean, these guys, so you kind of, jo- you you kind of join the ranks of the winners. Do you know what I mean? You see the writing on the wall and you move yeah. over and I see that Thank happening. You. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I hope that that's what's happening. I mean, I, there, there is a part of me and this could be, I could be totally wrong. I'm just, you know, speculating here. Um, I, it, With Tucker, as far as Tucker is concerned, I think he does some really good work, but he's always, I, the joke I always make is, you know, he's very late to the party, but we're glad he comes eventually. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's part of the controlled narrative, though. I do think so, that that's, you know, it's the, this delay um, he kind of comes to the, the forefront with information stamps his seal on it uh, when long after the independent the true independent media has already done the work and vetted it and then he brings it forward it's like okay you know now yeah. now we've got this the, the seal um but with uh, with Putin I think about like the strategy i I think he was trying to assert, um, which wasn't entirely wrong. I, I'm not, you know, discrediting the validity of it, but I do think he was trying to assert the strength of Russia and that, you know, Americans have been fooled into to thinking that they're not a threat. Um, and I do think he was, but I think he was also painting simultaneously uh, that this notion of them being, uh, you know, that they're warmongering or they're, they're you know, they're, they're going to be that kind of a threat is a, uh, is propaganda. That was kind of what he, that's pretty much what he said. Um, But that's a very interesting, that's a very interesting paradox, right? Because what he's really asserting is that they are uh, much more formidable from a uh, economic, from a resource, from a, uh, I I wouldn't even use the term militaristic. It's more like geopolitical uh, positioning. And uh, that's just, we in the west because of the propaganda we don't think about that and i think that for people who are listening that creates a lot of i think uh concern and it could be a lot of fear. but you know it's
0: just like we we again i remember in the 60s when i was in college and 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 the 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 you know, we had people that were going back and forth to the Soviet Union, 30, 30 people a year could go and study in the Soviet Union during those days. Okay. Only 30 mm-hmm. in all of America. Okay. They'd wow. only take 30 of us. And, um, and anyway, uh, you know, so the language students would go to Leningrad now okay. St. Petersburg again, but, but they would go to Leningrad and, and I remember talking, I mean, my professor had gone there, uh, one of my friends mm-hmm. that went over there to study and, and they all told the same story is that Yeah, the city, city, you know, looks like a modern city, but you get you get a few miles outside and you're out and it looks like, you know, the old Russia of the 15th century. I mean, you got guys with with cow shit on their boots hanging on on a double rack on the on the train with their feet in your face. I mean, it's just like it's not the 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 economics were not there then. And right. I think what we have the problem is that we many people still today that's the Russia they believe exists.
1: I know. But the, you I have heard.
0: to and that's and also it's the same myth about what why they had a revolution because in 1917 actually the Russian male had better nutrition and and better economics than most of Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. that was that was also true that this was not because people were starving in the streets and it mm-hmm. was not because they were unhappy with the Czar. That was all in trumped up kind of uh, facade that 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 we've learned in this country is the history, but that's not really what happened. so right. so just be clear that so they've 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 got huge resources. They're the largest country in the world, really. They've got huge resources and they can fully feed their own people and they can take care of everything and they're so they're they've been producing they've been and their military has been going around trying to like help Assad in Syria not to go down
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, from us making up Isis that's a good one that's a good example all the stuff that we brought about with the the Clinton East uh, uh, I'll just say that uh you know palace the 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 what was that the Arab Spring bringing right. down yeah. Gaddafi and all these I mean everywhere they went we created disaster. Okay? OK, everywhere our State Department has gone in the last 30 years, we've created disaster. And yeah. these guys have been going around. So they got a lot of military practice trying to stabilize these areas. And now they've got the premier military. They have. They So I think what Putin was basically saying is don't misunderstand yeah. that we are ever going to just roll over like like uh, yeah. before. You know, you took advantage of us a couple of times. So we're not going to let that happen again.
1: I, I think that was what he was saying. Absolutely. I think
0: that was what he was saying. Yeah.
1: No, I and I just Mike, And so, for someone who is a, uh, he, I mean, he he really understands the geopolitical dynamics. He also understands psychological warfare. And I think that there is an element of potential destabilization for America. Uh, you know, this is just, just not what they're used to hearing.
0: So. And I don't think it has to be. You know, we could be. I don't a think it has to be either. I don't think I'm so either. Saying. If we would throw our deep state, we could be a nice player in the in the international community. You see and, that happening and, though? <laughs> well, maybe. But but I'm going to say one thing. We always call about him being a KGB agent. Why did they never say that George Bush Sr. was a CIA agent? He was, was, you know, that was really interesting too. When Putin said how uh, like Bush Jr. Was like one of the
1: most uh, like aware, incredible kind of presidents. I was like, wow, (laughs) that says a lot, but anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. right.
0: But but, but again, uh, again, when people say, oh, well, he was a KGB thug. I'm so tired of hearing that. How come you never say that Bush was a CIA thug? You know, again, we are not, it's not, now we're realizing how bad the CIA has been over the last number oh, yeah. of years and that's not again it's not the guy on the street not they're all not bad but the leadership yeah. has has been involved in a lot of really bad stuff sure and and we never make that same yeah, uh oh George Bush senior back. was a the it was a CIA thug that I never hear anybody say that never
1: yeah and he was absolutely he was, a, mean, he
0: was he was he was't stand in front of the book depository when well, JFK he- got shot.
1: Totally, and Prescott totally. was one of the first directors of the CIA so exactly. yeah um no I didn't mean it like you know he's a, no, I a know. thug I mean it more in terms of strategy and I you know, yeah, I, I know me too. Just, yeah this isn't to discredit Putin in fact very much the opposite like I think he he's doing a fantastic job of representing Russia and protecting Russia. I think he's I think he's a very very smart man um yeah. and and I I think you know, it's hard to say this because I, I don't want people to misconstrue. I don't think he's our ally, I, but that doesn't mean that I don't think he's doing great things for Russia, or that, or that I don't support some of his ah uh, values. You know, I think some of the things he's doing are very aligned with what, you know, would encourage the flourishing of humanity. That does not mean that he's a friend of america i, I don't think he is well,
0: at all he's not a friend of this america if you think this america is the biden regime because quite frankly what's the biden regime been doing they've been they've been biden his his son mm-hmm. uh carry's son mm-hmm. all these people uh, i think schiff's daughter or son there's a whole bunch of people they're sure. the people that have been running this Burisma scam over there. They've been money laundering through Ukraine. We know it's a center. We They've been using, let's face it, Ukraine has been being used as a center of body parts trafficking, human trafficking, money laundering, and a lot of other bad things. This yeah. is where that FTX guy, you know, went down over that. So, so. Yeah. But that's not when when Trump was in office. And again, I'm not here to to make light of Trump's faults. I mean, I'm not saying he's without faults, too, but Trump and Putin get along. Let's just Mm -hmm. let's just be clear about that. The two of them get along. Yeah. And they were and and you're not you're not going to have good results when you when your president and his family and the people surrounding him are actively facilitating and funding people that are dropping bombs on your people it's that simple i mean that's where uh, at some point we have to if we stop that we everybody takes a step back and say let's just stop this and let's just try and work together but you see they have no interest these guys have no interest because they're very
1: vested interest in maintaining that yeah for
0: them Putin's right. like the bartender that heard all your bad secrets the night before, and now you've met him in the street, right? So, <laughs> I used to be a bartender. I know how that's like. This is that's so cute. they don't, they can't afford to let that, let, um, that, let, let this peace happen, right? right. Them, because all the truth's going to come out about what they were doing over there. That's what right. is keeping us going, yeah, and NATO, too i mean i think that's know
1: cool. well yeah and he brought that up too i mean i thought that was a very interesting a you new know, part of his whole uh you know like a uh, story about the history of russia and ukraine was part of the point was that ukraine was created um you know and relatively recently and then it's an artificial right. state and uh it and it does look like now i i I don't know enough the history, but now just looking at what they're doing, it looks very kind of similar to how uh, Israel was created. And and it's different. It's a different situation. But, uh, you know, for militaristic or geopolitical purposes. um, And that's
0: quite well connected. And I don't think it Mm -hmm. is by accident. I don't I think there's a connection there. I think that's it's a it's a plan being run around the world.
1: No, I, I think it absolutely is a plan uh, running around the world. But, you know, again, I just want to make the point that because I think people often conflate this, this does not mean that the Ukrainian people are bad. They're right, they're right, victims no. of this, you know, any more than the, exactly. the Jews or the Israelis, you know. I, I mean, if your family's been there for generations and, and it's just like, it's like being an American, right? We, we defend America because this is our home. Uh, that doesn't mean that we you know, are necessarily privy to, although I think at this point, there's no excuse for not being, uh, but all the wrongdoings that our government has done that, but that's not our, you know, we could go all the way back to what we've done to the indigenous people in this country. Right. Uh, in order, that doesn't mean that the founding of America is inherently evil or wrong. Um, but you know, you can't just gloss over that, right. That's a part of the history right. and, uh, It's uh, I think the same thing applies there. It doesn't, it's just a lot more complicated than I think people want to acknowledge in all around, but it's been complicated by people who have a vested interest in enslaving the majority of humanity.
0: I'll have to, I'll have to send you this little video I saw. Now this is a video from a guy that is the least likely person that you might want to actually listen to sometimes about this, but it's a five minute video on what the real problem is. And it all comes down to money. And he says, it's all about the financial system. And that's what's controlled this whole mess. And that's, I think what's, I see that starting to come down. Something is, something is changing and, and we've got decentralization of the finances. We got the BRICS, we got the Federal Reserve shut down apparently. And, uh, you know, maybe we're going to see an end to this. I'd like to think we're on a positive note. And I think this, I'd like to think that Tucker's interview was just one, you know, opening it up. It's, like, when, it's yeah. like years ago when Admiral Perry sailed into Shimoda, Japan. You know, Japan had been shut down for 300 years to the West because they didn't like what the what the missionaries had been doing in their country. And so they didn't like what was happening. And so they, they just said, the emperor said, shutting the doors. Well, the first time they finally decided to open the doors, we sailed in, it was called the Black Boat, which they have the Kurofune Matsuri. It's a black boat festival in <laughs> Japan. I actually went up there one time when I was stationed there. And they have... They have, um, uh, you know, and it was like, it took a while. It takes a while to get to reopen closed societies to each other, but it's worked out. And I think this is going to work out. I think we're going to be seeing oh. big changes. I think, I think this is the opening of the world. I think we're going to be seeing big changes. As long as, as long as people, everybody's got to kind of keep a cool head. got we gotta, can't, can't, can't put labels on everybody. We've got to just step yeah. back and say the, the world has got to have a new basis for interaction and it's not it's not fraud and wealth and yeah there's something big <laughs> happening guys i'm telling you <laughs> when was that picture i'd like to know when that picture was taken but it's it's been empty the downtown yeah. dc that capital used to be so busy and it was just yeah. empty and they took down that big brass sign off the federal reserve so so we'll
1: that's interesting i haven't seen that but i know
0: i don't know how many tons sign that that brass federal reserve was but it's gone now it, gone. It, one of the th- i just want to say one of the funniest things i thought was when putin uh when when uh, tucker asked putin said well so who took down the Nord stream pipeline oh that was hilarious well, yeah and putin <laughs> said you did and then tucker said oh no i was actually busy that busy night that- he said well okay so you have the an CIA alibi CIA doesn't oh, have that alibi look at this and, and i'll tell you when i was there in august um there was all this, all oh, the whole front of the Federal Reserve is being torn up. I mean, there were big bulldozers and just crap all over the place, and it was just, yeah, yeah. Now you can tell me, and, and you ask, you you ask your Uber driver, you ask the bar- bartender, and they say, well, it's on, un- it's being remodeled. Oh, oh, they're actually working somewhere else. It's being remodeled. Did you know, by the way, that in the four years now since COVID, that the federal re- government has not gone back to work in the government? It's all home office. They're still out. What? Yeah. Let's look it up I because that. I've just been reading about that. And, and I'm telling the news is not reporting that, but that would make sense. Cause when I'm telling you, when you go to downtown DC, there is only the tourists. There's no, you don't see any business being done. You don't see all the, when I was at the, here's another one. So uh, when I went to stay there and I stayed at the Marriott in crystal city, that right. used to be big bustling, you know, because all the all the contractors, the military industrial contractors, they were all staying there. They go in, you know, do their work at Crystal City or the Pentagon and they come back on the subway. It's very convenient. Dead. Just dead. I mean, literally, I was the only person. Huge, huge hotel. I was the only person in the lobby when I showed up. Wow. So I'm telling you, there's something big afoot. So I think we should. Uh, I think this is going to be. It's an Admiral Perry moment, maybe, with Tucker and Putin.
1: (laughs) Well, I I, I hope so. I think the alternative is not so good. So hopefully. Um, Oh, here it is. Even the U.S. president's return to office pushes being ignored by workers. They aren't coming back. Yeah,
0: see? But who knew they weren't back? Again, how come the news hasn't been reporting that they're still out? And why are they still out? Mm. Are we still worried about breathing on each other? I don't think so. <laughs>
1: no, I think they probably were just happy working from home. They
0: well, yeah, but you know, that's not the, the government has meetings and they have stuff that they're supposed to do like in vaults. And, you know, I mean, it's not usually done that way. So, not on people, Zoom. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, even World War II, people came in to work. I'm going to tell you, it's not right. So,
1: if, if they're not doing we'll it all on Zoom. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Well, I know we uh, need to cut this one short, but do you have anything you have you want to close out with or just the the optimism?
0: No, I I think I'm optimistic. I'm I'm, every day is new excitement to look forward to seeing what what's going to break through. And I think I think it's I think we're slowly you know, I kept seeing the country sink, 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 sink. And now I'm kind of seeing wait a minute. I think we're digging out. Something is changing. So.
1: Do you think, I guess I'll I'll just ask one more before we close out, because I I think one of the things that's very interesting when you talk about like the, we have this contrast between the, you know, they're flooding the borders, right? But they're actually creating a lot of, uh, they're creating a lot of borders in terms of uh, military and uh, financial borders. And it almost seems like the opposite would be much more beneficial for us
0: well i think that is that is a big problem the border is not yeah. and and the border by the way is not what we are hearing because mm-hmm. it's not about illegals coming across the border i'll just right. make this point real quick that it's about yeah. the fact that that's the the they're coming across as asylum seekers which makes them legal right. that's why they're coming only at the checkpoints but in any case sure. you know i think there's i mean you know, I, just to put this you, in context of ukraine you know they are right. uh, our government's
1: very concerned about their borders, right? Right. So, so
0: yeah. I, I'm just going to say cui bono. There's, this okay. is, again, if the world is being run about money, if money is what's been driving this evil that's been in the world mm-hmm. and now suddenly we're having this happen at the border. Well, somebody, then, then the money system thinks we've got to do something at our border. We've got to let these people in these, all these human, bodies with or without ID some with children aren't their children you know a lot of stuff going on that looks a lot like human trafficking right it's not yes there's some military looking guys but there's a lot of human trafficking um at the same time it's being shut down in Ukraine because the Russians are moving forward and shutting it down right so and possibly the Israel Gaza thing I'm not I I don't that's too confusing for me and I don't have the expertise to even think about it but there's something not right about the stories we're seeing about that either so as 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 these, when we hear about the tunnel wars, we're hearing about the you know, we got traffickers are picking up all over the place, rescuing mm-hmm. children right. at the same time that's happening. This is happening. How do we put that all together? Is it is it that they they're they're desperate? The deep state's desperate. And this is the only little area they can kind of work their control in right now is our southern border and the Canadian border. I've heard that's kind of a, a sieve now, too. But yeah. It's, well, no. There's, I there's, mean, I think it's more about somehow. I think I
1: think it's more about tearing down uh, the West. I think that that's you know, so they, they flood the they flood the borders, and then they have a uh, you know they they can tear the United States down from within. I, I think that's really more of the plan, and I I think that that the similar operation is occurring with this whole east-west battle. I mean, the the objective is to create the illusion of the West being in control, particularly the United States, when in reality, uh, the, you know, really, we've already been in decline for a very long time. And the, the goal is to continue to bring about that decline, because if they bring down the West, that's kind of the, uh, that, that's the bulwark, uh, you know, against their uh, open society and their centralized world governing body agenda so
0: yeah i just it's just still i i i don't know how they are you know if it's the deep See, is that in that theory still you you got a deep state this umbrella organization that's running the show and why do they benefit they like to benefit why what are they benefiting here and i it, yeah they want to just tear america up but they a they're still fleecing us for a lot of tax dollars a lot of stuff so I'm not sure quite what the play here is, but I don't think I I just I just don't think it's going to be. I don't know that. You know, I'll tell you, James Grunvig's thinking. He thinks that there's there's it's partially a sting operation through the southern border that we're we're bringing our military. You know, we had a million uh, reservists activated sent overseas. Where are they? And maybe they're coming back through the southern border, taking notes. And that's going to be a takedown. uh, That's that's not just a sting organization in the you know leonardo satellite and all the stuff that's going on about the the last election
1: Election. but
0: it's maybe a sting operation about the trafficking you know we know we've been taking Uh. on trafficking
1: who knows i'm
0: just throwing that out because there's so many possibilities here i'm just I'm just guaranteeing it's not what the news are telling us. That's one thing I can say. If the news is pushing a narrative, I'll give you hundred percent of the time. That's wrong. I just not. I agree
1: with that. I think that that we can definitely agree upon for sure. <laughs> well, all right, before we close, so yeah. we'll just uh, thank our sponsors. So we have uh, rncstore.com and your code is dangerous. So you can get your B 17 products there. And uh, yeah. So we have that, and then we have our Brave tv.store store also, and the code for both of them is dangerous. So, yeah.
0: And soon we're going to have T-shirts. We're working on T-shirts. Yeah, we're working we've on. The, we've heard the call. We just haven't got there yet, quite. Yeah, we're working, we're working on,
1: it. on the distribution part of it. So yeah. we'll have that figured out soon. Yeah, I know. I've had I've had requests already for the T-shirts. Yeah. So yeah. we'll get that going. So. All right, well, I I think we covered dangerous material for today. So until next time, thank you all for watching and listening. Thank you.